us, Lord. We thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, that we do get to come in your presence, wherever we are, that there you are in the midst of us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you. We've never known a love like yours because there's no God like ours. And you are God. There's no other. And you rule and reign over all the earth. And the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever. And Lord, we just thank you that uh, you are faithful, you're true, you're good. And we honor you. We honor your presence, Lord. Wherever people are joining us from this morning, Lord, we thank you that, that we can call on heaven. And heaven hears. And that we have an audience with the one who created it all. Hallelujah. Thank you for the way that you made and that your son is the way and he is the truth and he is the life. We thank you for calling us into this moment in time. We thank you you'll not leave us, but that God, you will empower us and enable us to be all we've been called to be. And we honor you. We honor your presence. Thank you, God. Encourage the people wherever they are this morning. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Well, we just say good morning to you. We're going to worship again in a moment. But uh, wherever you're joining us from, you know we're doing our best to adhere to the you know, recommendations of the ruling authorities and not have 10 or more in a gathering. And uh, you know it's okay to obey those who are re- leaders, rulers over you, and as long as they don't tell you to do something that's contrary to the Scripture, contrary to the faith, because the ultimate authority is God, and we know that. But he set also authorities in this world, and, and uh, so we're going to be faithful citizens. In fact, a believer should be a model citizen. But we most of all are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We're in the world. We're not of it. But uh, we're going to reflect him wherever we are, wherever we go. And so we just want to encourage you today. Thank you for joining us, being a part. We do want to receive an offering You know, one of the tests of being a true, faithful child, a son or daughter uh, of the king is to continue to give in a time of famine. There are many scriptures that give us that example. And when it's hard to give and you stay faithful in giving, that is an ultimate test. It's an ultimate blessing. And I just know that God is who he says he is. He says in his word, he is Jehovah Jireh. And that means he's our provider. And uh, we're going to continue. We're going to believe God's going to continue to provide so we can stay online. And um, we don't know all that's going to happen in the coming days and months. We just know who rules and reigns over it all. And uh, there's a place on, the, uh, on the, the website especially, and there's other means and ways you can give, the place where you can donate. And um, you can go there now. And those few that are here, there's a bucket in the back. But we just want to be faithful in giving, and uh, so there's a place online to do that. And God will be faithful to you. Many people are losing their jobs, and people are wondering, well, where am I going to even get my livelihood? All I know is that God is not going to, he's not going to give up being who he is. And uh, no government will convince him to stop being God. And we've said many times that he is good, and he's great, and he's also God. And uh, so we can be faithful. So anyway, we bless the offering this morning. Lord, we thank you that you're going to provide abundantly, that we're not going to be in poverty. Your people are not going to be in poverty. We thank you that we will have more than enough to do the will of God. We thank you you're going to prove yourself faithful. 
Lord, regardless of what's happening, you are who you say you are. You're the great I am. And you told us you're Jehovah Jireh. I am the God that provides. And so we thank you. We honor you as the people give. Lord, we give ourselves unto you. The ultimate offering is to give all that we are. So we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you that you're a good, good God. You never change. You're never going to relinquish. And we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, worship team. We appreciate our, our guys leading us this morning. And, and uh, wherever you're watching from, some of you may be in, um, you know, quarantine. And uh, so we're so glad that you could be with us. You know, the scripture says in uh, Hebrews, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, which is the manner of some. But the rest of that verse says, especially as you see the day, the day approaching. And uh, this is a day unlike any other. We've never been this way before. If you remember Joshua, when he was leading the children of Israel across the Jordan River, he said, we've never been this way before. So we've never been this way, but how many of you know that regardless whether we've been this way or not, he's still the way. And he's not going to forsake his people. He's going to be faithful. Things have got really tough, we understand. Uh, entire states are on lockdown, and others are to come. Uh, nations, I've never heard of anything. If you told us these things were going to happen, unfold like this, you know, just a few months ago, we would have never have believed that. We would have thought you were living in some other time zone. But this is where we find ourselves. And how many of you know that this did not take God, did not catch God off guard? He knew all this was going to happen. And I just, I have a feeling, you know, there are two ways to look at, well, there are many ways to look at it. You can look on the internet, and you'll find many, many different ways to look at this. But I know that sometimes the, you know, things that are done on top of the table you know, you can see may not be what's happening underneath. There's always something happening underneath. Well, the same is true with God. Whatever it looks like men are up to, God is up to something greater. And he's going to show himself strong. And uh, I'm so thankful the Lord even gave us a scripture before all of this. And if you're watching from one of those places like New York where the, you know, the number of cases of the COVID-19 are increasing. You know, there is a scripture that he gave us over in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It says, if disaster comes upon us, he's talking about us, the people of God. He says, sword or judgment or pestilence. And if you look up the word pestilence, it means pandemic or famine. Here's what we do. We stand, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. We stand before him for your name is in this temple, and we are the temple today. And we cry out to you in our affliction, and then the promise is that you will hear and you will save. So that's a, you know, a promise. We go to the Word. It's not what men have to say. It's what God has to say. I was watching, and all of us have. You know, you see what's going on. Tucker Carlson, I, you know, we trust Tucker, and so we watch him a lot. And... Um, He's, uh, he saw, I saw, I don't know if he knew anything about this, but underneath a statement that he made was on the screen. It says, science will save America. Now, I know that Tucker doesn't necessarily, he honors that, but he's not necessarily, that's where he is. So I'm not saying that was on purpose. But Shirley and I saw that, and we said, now that's, you know, we understand the thinking. But that's not what's going to happen. God's going to save America. God will save the nations. 
And this verse not only applies to individuals, but it applies to the nations of the earth. And so I just heard that Bolivia went into lockdown, Colombia went into lockdown, and there are many other nations. Listen, our hope is not in science. Ultimately, our hope is in God. And so cry out to him. This is the time that God's going to show himself. Nations. You know that scripture that said, can a nation be saved in a day? Well, this is a time that word can be fulfilled. God is going to be faithful. For those of you that are part of our congregation, I want to encourage you. You know, we're not to stop letting our light shine. They may tell us to go into our bedrooms, and we'll talk about that this morning. But this afternoon, it hadn't happened yet. And so this afternoon at 1 o'clock, not long from now, we're going to meet and in the Walmart parking lot. It's actually behind the Kentucky Fried Chicken. And it's in front of the shoe sensation. And we have permission. And, uh, but we're going to meet. And we made some banners that says drive-through prayer. And somebody's going to hold up the banner. And another banner will say need prayer with a question mark. And we're going to have a couple. We call them outpost prayer teams. You know, a lot of people are afraid, fearful. And they're caught up in all the things, and they're wondering. And so this is a great opportunity. We believe it's going to backfire on all that's been planned, that God is going to do something really pretty major in this hour. And uh, so if you're around the area, you come be a part. If you want to just come be a part of the drive-through prayer, if you live anywhere in Wilkes County, you know, come around 1 o'clock. We'll be there for whoever long, I don't know, maybe an hour or two. But, you know... There's, a, there's something God is doing. I, I was thinking of titles for this morning. One of the titles was COVID-19, The God Equation. In other words, there's an, don't leave God out of the equation. There's something that he's up to. I, um, we, we got a text yesterday from Monica. She's part of our congregation, part of our family. And uh, she said about nine months ago, somebody gave her a word that God had led all the people here for such a time, and we know that, but that we have everything we need in order to do the will of God. And uh, the people just have to step up and be who we've been called to be. And so I believe that's going to happen. We're going we're gonna to be the army of God that he's called us to be. So let's pray. I know that most of you are not a part of this family. So I believe God is going to speak to you and in what we're going to share this morning. Lord, thank you. That the Word of God has the answers. That science, we appreciate our scientists, we appreciate all of those that are working diligently behind the scenes. But Lord, we thank you most of all that, that our trust and hope is in God above. And we thank you that nations may be going into lockdown, but Lord, this is an hour where entire nations can be saved in a day. So things we didn't think were possible months ago now are possible because we see that you've arranged it. You're doing something mighty. So we bless you and trust you. God, we pray that every person that's listening, watching today or whenever they will watch it, that, Lord, you'll speak to them personally and give hope, give help in time of need. In Jesus' name, amen. When I first became the pastor of this particular local body, God gave us a word. This has been over 12 years ago now. and The word was that we would be as the sons of Issachar. And you remember who they were. Some of you, some of you don't, will remind you. First of all, the sons of Issachar were the ones who had an understanding of the times. They 
They knew what was happening from a biblical perspective, from heaven's viewpoint. And God said that he would have a people on the earth like that. But that's not enough. The rest of the scripture says, and they knew what Israel ought to do, which to us speaks about they knew what the church ought to do. And so I believe God's going to release that to all of us. It's not just a word to me. It's a word to all of us. We're going to be those who understand the times, and we're going to know what we're to do in this time. We're going to know what we're to do with our families. You know, there's the understanding of what's happening, but there's also the, you know, the revelation of the word, and there's the application. How does all of this apply to me? Because I believe that God has a word that he's speaking in this hour, and we want the God equation. We don't want just man's opinion. So I want you to go with me if you're, obviously most of you are in your homes, and um, get your Bible, follow along with me to uh, Isaiah chapter 26. If you don't have a Bible, you're watching, you just tuned in this morning, and you don't have a Bible, you connect with us, our email, thegatheringchurchoffice at gmail.com, and we will send you a Bible, we'll send you some some literature will send you things to help you and uh, stay encouraged. We're going to have to encourage one another, maybe, <laughs> maybe online for a season. And, um, but we're going to do that because our God is going to be faithful. Now, this is a scripture that I've heard many people have received in this hour. I went and looked at it. I received the word. I've even, I agree with it. But I like to look at things in its context. Somebody told me way back, They said, if you have a verse, you know, just out of context, if you don't have the pretext, then you're going to have something that you, you know, all the, no, I know what they said. They said, if you have a word and you don't have it in the full context, then you just have a pretext. So we need to see what all the Bible says. And I was amazed at what the scripture says about this. Isaiah 26, verse 20. Now this speaks to the time we're living. Listen to this. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Now, we may be forced to do that, but that's in the Scripture. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment. Now, that word little moment is something you need to underline. It said little moment. It reminds me of that Scripture in Revelation speaking about the end times, and it says that some of you will be thrown into prison for 10 days. You remember that scripture. And when I read that, I look at that and I say, now, I told the Lord one time, you know, in my own time, I said, God, I'm glad it said 10 days. It didn't say 365 days. It said 10 days. You know, in other words, it's not forever. This is a little moment compared to history, compared to all that God's planned for your life and the purposes of your life. This is just a little moment. So hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment, and it tells us why, until the indignation is past. Verse 21, for behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And he goes on, and I want to look at all of this in its context because I want to see the God equation. And if you'll look back in chapter, chapter 26, look back in the verse, first verse, he starts right off the bat. Now think about it. Keep that in mind, what is said in verse 20 and 21. Come away, hide. God's going to come. He's going to do something mighty on the earth. His indignation. In other words, 
Remember that scripture in Galatians? That God is not going to be mocked. Whatever a man or a nation sows, that man or that nation will reap. So we know that's in the context of the the entire scripture, the Bible. But look in the context of the scripture. There's something else that's happening. Verse 1. In that day, now remember, that day. Because I believe that day is this day, but there are going to be many days to follow. This is a little moment. But in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. There was a song, even in context of verse 20 and 21. There was a reason to rejoice. And here's the song. We have a strong city. In other words, there's something God is building that is not of this world. We have a continuing city, not in the world. There's no continuing city in the world. Everything's going to be shaken. But what God is building, the kingdom will last forever. And we've been called into the kingdom, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So we have a strong city, and God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. We've, we've not been appointed to wrath. We've been appointed to salvation. So there's a whole different agenda happening. And then you can go on. And, and we'll just give a summary of that chapter because I see about six things that we need to point out. But he goes on. He talks about how, you know, God is going to have a righteous nation in verse 2. And you know there's a nation inside of a nation. There's the people of God. We're in this nation. But we're actually of a greater nation, of an enduring nation, the kingdom. And we know that. So the righteous nation keeps the truth and they may enter. And then he says, enter that gate or enter that city that's everlasting. For you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Now this is going to be a challenge. When all the voices are telling us this is why this is happening, this is what you should do. But listen. Though we listen to all of this to some degree, we want to listen to the authorities in our region and our local sheriff and our mayors and governors and president and all these things. But stay, keep our mind, ultimately, stayed on him. Trust in the Lord, Yahweh, because he is our everlasting strength. You know what that word means, everlasting strength? It means rock of ages. You remember that song we used to sing as kids? Back in the old days, rock of ages, cleft for me. You know, this is a time he will be our hiding place. And uh, I remember that verse 4, it says, While I draw this fleeting breath, when my eyes shall close in death, when I soar to worlds unknown, see you on your judgment throne. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. In other words, regardless of the times, the safest place to be on planet earth in the year 2020 is in Christ, in Him, in the ark. And this will be even more plain. So let's go on and get the rest of that context so I can get to the meat of it. Then he addresses something in verse 8. He says, yes, in the way of your judgments. So he's talking about the judgments of God because the church hasn't known a lot about that. He says, O oh Lord, we have waited for you. The word waited means hoped. Or anticipate it. So God, in regard to your judgments, we have hope in the midst of your judgments, is what that says. And we anticipate their arrival. We know it's going to happen sooner or later. Whether this is the ultimate judgment or not, we know they are coming. This may be a pre-judgment to the ultimate judgment. You know, they're, 
It could be. I know just enough to know I don't know what I ought to know. I only know what the Word says. And then he goes on. He says, oh, Lord, we've waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. And so in the midst of all of this, the church, God, we want you to be glorified. We want your name to be lifted up, your name to be remembered. Do you know there's a scripture that says God will turn into hell all the nations that forget God? So what does that mean? This is a great time for Bolivia. This is a great time for Venezuela. This is a great time for America to remember and to turn their attention back to him. So if he would turn into hell, those that forget him, he'll come and be God. He'll be a deliverer to those that remember him and turn to him. And then he goes, with my soul I've desired you, and I will seek you early. Now this is key. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. When your judgments are in the world, then the, the, world, the people that have never known you will learn righteousness. How's that? Somehow, Jesus is going to be made known through the church that's going to shine in the midst of great darkness. He goes on in verse 10. Okay, so God, we want all this to end. But look in verse 10. Let grace be shown to the wicked. Yet he will not learn righteousness. And in the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly. It's kind of like the COVID-19. It's spreading and to many nations. Well, rebellion and wickedness spreads unless somehow God intervenes and interrupts the wickedness. And how he does that is through the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of his son And in other words, those, if if God removed his hand, then they wouldn't behold the majesty of the Lord. Now, verse 11, Lord, when your hand is lifted up, they will not see. They won't see him if he completely removed the judgments. But they will see and be ashamed for the envy of their people. Yes, the fire of your enemies shall devour them. Lord, but in the midst of this, he says, Lord, you will establish peace for us. Okay, now I hope I haven't lost you. Just in summary, God says, if God doesn't come and shake the nations, then the wicked will never be shaken enough to turn their attention to the one who loves them. Some judgment is actually the discipline of God. In fact, most of it is because he loves. It's his will that none should perish. Then in verse 16, they poured out a prayer when your chastening was upon them. You see that? So God chastens, so they'll look to him, turn to him. And that's in verse 20 and verse 21. He says, come, my people, and hide yourself for a brief moment. So this is what the Lord gave me. I looked at this in the context. Because I want to know, God, what are you saying in a broader picture? What's the God equation in all of this? If you just read verse 20 and 21 and then close the book, okay, so we hide ourselves, we go into hiding. Go into quarantine until the indignation has passed. Now, that's part of the story, but I want to know all of it. So if you go back, here it is. Verse 27, or chapter 27, verse 1. In that day, in that day, in the midst of hiding, because this is in the context of the previous verses, in that day, there's a reminder. Watch, it says, in that day, the Lord. Now, that's the first thing I felt like God said to emphasize. Remind the people that in this day, he is still the Lord. He's still the Lord. I um, 
some of you in this church family, I know many are watching you. You don't know anything about this family. You just tuned in. But my son played college baseball, and he was a pitcher. And the guys in this family have heard all these stories many times. But I'll never forget the time. I used to coach my son, but this was when he's in college. I didn't coach him in college. I just went to watch as much as I could. And I was on my way. They were playing in Asheville, North Carolina. And I was, it was a you know, typical day. I wasn't thinking anything spiritual. I was going to watch my son play baseball. And anyway, and on the way, the Lord asked me a question. Now, some of you are saying, how did God ask you a question? Did you hear an audible voice? No, I didn't, but it might as well have been audible because I knew God was speaking to me. And those of you that are believers, you know what I'm talking about. And he asked me, what day is it? And I thought, what, is there, there are no calendars in heaven? God, you know what day it is. And then it, you know, I got out of my stupor and I realized, wait a minute, God's not asking me a question like that to get information. He knows what day it is. He's asking me so that I will ask him for revelation. So I said, okay, God, it's a Wednesday. Obviously, you, don't, you know that. What day is it? And I heard the Lord in my heart say, it is the day of the Lord, and don't you forget it. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're, some of you are thinking, now, David, when I read about the day of the Lord in the Bible, that's a pretty serious thing. It's a day of darkness and gloominess and all these things. I don't believe that is exactly what God was saying at that particular moment. That day is coming. There will be a day of the Lord. But he wanted me to know that this, regardless of what's happening, and I can tell you right now, regardless of what's going on in the nations of the earth, this is the day of the Lord. In other words, it's still the Lord's day. He is Lord of this day. He's Lord of this hour. It's like John you know, on the Isle of Patmos, the revelation is about to unfold. It says, I, John, was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. You understand? He was in, it was the Lord's day. The Lord was dictating what was going to unfold. In fact, the rest of that, he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard a voice behind me, like a loud voice, like a trumpet. If you don't think the trumpets are sounding in this hour, well, we know they are. They're sounding in many ways. But regardless of all that's happening, what this says is he's still Lord. He's still working. He's on the throne. He's not relinquished any authority outside of what he's allowed to men. Now, he's allowed men to have some authority. But ultimately, he still reigns and rules. You know that scripture that says, Jesus said, my father has been working and I am working. You know, a long time ago, they used to have signs on the side of the road that said, men at work. Now, they don't have those signs anymore because it's politically incorrect to have a sign that says men at work. So they removed the signs. But I can remember, and some of you older guys, well, you know, some of you that are more mature, you remember like I do because I would go through those men at work zones and I would look around and there were no men working. And I thought, well, where are the men? The sign said men at work. Where are they, taking a siesta? You know, maybe they're on vacation or whatever. They weren't always working, but I can tell you, there's a sign right now. God, let me tell you, he is working. He is still moving in the midst of his people, and God is going to show himself strong. This congregation, recently we looked at that scripture where Jesus said, 
It is to your advantage that I go away. He was getting ready to go to the cross. And there were some that, you know, that's going to be, you know, where are you going to go, Lord? That's going to be a horrible time. No, he said, no, it's to your advantage. For if I go away, I will send the comforter. I will send the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you and be in you. It was to your advantage. And I'm telling you, whatever's happening, listen, as a believer, I'm prophesying. This is a word from the Lord. Whatever's happening right now, this is going to work out to your advantage. How do I know that? Romans chapter 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So the first thing is that this day, remember, is the Lord's day. He's the day. He's the Lord of the day. All right, the second thing. Now, this is important. In this day, look at that in verse 1. Now, this, I'm so glad I read chapter 27. I didn't stop after verse, or chapter 26. In that day, the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Leviathan, that twisted serpent. And he will slay the reptile that is in the sea, the sea of humanity. Now, we already said God is not going to be mocked whatsoever a man or a nation has sown that they will also reap. Well, that scripture also speaks about the seeds of righteousness that have been sown in the nations. Now, now listen to this. And prayer and intercession. A few weeks ago, we looked at the plagues and we saw how God had purposes in the plagues. We know that. And one of the purposes was that God was going to judge the gods of Egypt. He brought down, and what has happened in America? Some of our greatest pastimes, the things that captured all of our attention, have been dethroned. They've been brought down. But there's something else that's happening. Leviathan is being judged. That's what that scripture says. Now, See if, this, if you can understand this. This was about a month ago, and there was a message on Leviathan that I'd been holding on to for about four years. It was out of Job. And how Leviathan is the God or the king over all the children of pride. That's what it says. And I couldn't preach that for four years. And then right before this, uh, this pandemic began to break out, the Lord brought me to that. This was before. And um, I saw, God, you're going to judge Leviathan. I mean, this is like one of the big principalities. And uh, I shared with some people that are trusted intercessors, hey, would you pray for me this Sunday? Cover me because I'm going to expose Leviathan. Because I had just enough knowing to know that you don't go against principalities unless God gives you some specific authority. And I'm going to show you a scripture in a moment. But I remember... The, the encouragement was, David, you can expose it, but then ask the Lord to rebuke it. Ask the Lord to bring it down. And you know what? We did. In church that day, we exposed it, and then we said, God, would you bring down Leviathan? The Lord rebuke you. You know that scripture. I can show you that. Remember, listen to this, Zechariah chapter 3, verse 2. Joshua stood before the Lord, and Satan was at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. It wasn't Joshua. It was the Lord. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. 
the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, and in this case, I'm going to insert America, Bolivia, Italy, Israel, Canada, Mexico, all the nations. The Lord who has chosen you, is this not a brand plucked from the fire? So what am I saying? Am I saying that God heard our prayer that day and he's actually waging war against the spirit of Leviathan in the, na- in the land? Yes, I'm saying that. Is it because of our prayers? Well, maybe. God had a greater plan. He just put it in our heart. But I'm telling you, what God says in chapter 27, in that day, the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, that twisted serpent, and he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. God is rising up to judge that which has held the people captive. And people are going to be set free. And I'm telling you, I believe that America is going to be snatched out of the brand like a fire. The nations, many nations, you call on God. God's going to come through and snatch these nations out of a, like a brand out of the fire. Because God is waging war with that spirit, the demonic, the principalities and the powers. And they're going to be made known by the way, the church is going to make them known, the manifold wisdom of God. And then the third thing is, in this context of going into hiding, and you may want to hide out behind closed doors if his indignation is rising up for a season. And again, I don't know, you know, men, there are all kinds of things that look like this is what, this is all man's doing. Let me tell you, man is not God. And I don't care. I know men are capable of, of the most evil atrocities because the heart of man is wicked and deceitful. But God is the one I'm looking to, and his word will trump any action of wicked men that think, because this is what Leviathan is all about. Now, the third thing is in verse 2 of chapter 27. It says, in that day, sing to her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, keep it. I water it, his vineyard, every moment, lest any hurt it. I keep it night and day. Fury is not in me. What God is saying to his people. Now, he is a God of wrath and judgment. To his people, though, they've not been appointed to wrath. And so God has a promise to his vineyard, his people. He says, you are a vineyard of red wine. What is that speaking about? Well, red wine, that's the finest of the wine. I believe it's at least one of the wine. It means it belongs to him. It's his choice, what that speaks of, his choice. You're his choice people. And God looks at you as his people. I, the Lord, keep it. One of my favorite scriptures is regarding his keeping power and how that whatever we commit unto him, he will keep against that day. I pray that all the time for my children. Let me tell you, whatever you commit to him, he is able to keep. He will keep it, he'll guard it, he'll protect He goes on and says, I will water it every moment. I'll I'll bring the refreshing. The mercies are new. I believe Haley this morning was speaking that. The mercies are new every morning. God said, I'll water it every moment, lest any hurt it. And so in other words, God has a promise to his people. I'm going to be God in the midst of my people. And it's what I say over what any man would say. And those who put their trust in the Lord, you're like a watered garden, in other words. 
God is going to send the refreshing. God's going to surround you. He's going to build a wall around you. God is going to be faithful. Every morning, great is his faithfulness. And that's going to happen, I believe. So it's a promise to his people. Isn't that amazing that that's in the context of that scripture to come away and hide? And then the next thing is in chapter 27, verse 4 and verse 5. He says, fury is not in me. Who would set briars and thorns against me in battle? Who would come against me in battle? That's what God is saying. I would go through them. I would burn them all together. God says, you know, he could wipe out his enemies just like that, but he loves people. Or, here's what he says, or let them take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he may seek or he may He shall make peace with me. He repeats that twice because God means it. Now, what is he saying in that? In other words, there's a proposition. In this brief moment in history, the Lord is issuing a proposition to those that have never known him before that this is the hour to come unto him. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, come unto me, all you that are thirsty. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. He came so that those who were under condemnation could be set free. And I'm telling you, in this hour, even the most hardened, the most rebellious, those who have been the most resistant to the gospel, this is the the hour that many are going to turn to him. They're going to get to know him. They're going to know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, And I'm telling you, wherever you are, that promise applies to you. He loves you. And God offers. What does he offer me, you say? I've been rebellious. I've turned away from him. I've been been in the crowd that didn't want anything to do with him. Well, in that scripture, there's an invitation. Or let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me. You can have peace with God. So what will God offer you? He'll offer you forgiveness of sin. Everything you've ever done, the blood of Jesus can forgive you. He offers you eternal life. And that's a good thing to hold on to. Do you know that even when people are dying around the world, it's a real thing. It's a real thing in Italy. If the numbers are correct, what was it, 800 people yesterday? If that's correct, these are unheard of things. But in Christ, though you die, yet shall you live. He offers eternal life. And then he offers hope in this life. But most of all, he offers peace with God. And in the context of that, here's what he's saying. He said that men and women are at war with me. It's like they're in a battle with me. And that's what sin is. We're we're at enmity with God. We're enemies of God until we go to the cross. And when we go to the cross, then the wrath of God is poured out upon his son. His blood was shed so that we could move from being an enemy to being a friend of God, to being a child of God. And you can do that. And I'm telling you, this can be the church's finest hour. Whatever is going on behind the scenes, whatever men think they're doing, my opinion is we're going to make this backfire in the face of the devil. It's going to backfire. We're going to go out today and we're going to lead people to Jesus in Walmart parking lot. If all of this hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't have been in Walmart parking lot. We might have been at home on our couch sitting back watching Sunday afternoon baseball. I don't know where we would have been. But I'm telling you, God is a way of stirring us up because he wants us to be about doing the will of God. God is God in all of this. 
He's going to do something amazing. You can have peace with him today. And then chapter 27, there are two more. Now watch this. Verse 6. Those who come, he shall cause to take root in Jacob. Israel shall, now watch, he's speaking of us, the believers, shall blossom and bud. Doesn't sound like we're going to die out. Doesn't sound like we're going to stay in our homes forever. They shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. Now, what in the world is he talking about there? He's talking about this little season and moment of time is a place of preparation for a fresh propelling into the purposes, a fresh launching and sending. It's like an apostolic, which means sending, an apostolic anointing is coming upon the church for this hour all over the earth to fulfill the great commission. You know, the, the, Jesus said of the Bible in, in Genesis, God said, be fruitful and multiply. And that's exactly going to happen. We're to fill the earth. We're to be fruitful. The two great commands are to come unto me and then go into all the world. And so we may, by law, we may be required. But I'm telling you, God's going to meet us in our homes This is a time to draw closer to him. This is a time where he's going to release a fresh anointing because we've gotten the idols out. The junk has been removed. We can't do some of the things we used to run to. Now we have to run to him, and not that we have to. Now we get to run to him, and God is going to meet us in our chambers. Now we still let our little light shine even though we may be hidden for a season. Our neighbors are going to see, need to see light shining. We're going to be light in the midst of darkness. But I'm telling you, this is a time for a new launching. Matthew 24, all these things are going to happen. But the end is not yet. He says this gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached and all the world is a witness. And then the end shall come. So this is going to be a day of fresh anointing. And then the last thing, in that day, in this day, look at this. Chapter 26 and verse 1. In that day, now this is the day of hiding, the day going into your chamber, of verse 20 and verse 21. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. Why are they going to sing? There's going to be a new song. They're gonna, God is going to give the church songs in this hour in our places of hiding that are going to be sung in this next period of launching in this next season of harvest that you will know did not come out of of the thoughts of man. They came out of the chambers of heaven. They came out of the throne of God. They are releasing a new song. And this song will declare, we have a strong city. We have a continuing city. Our Hope is not in the cities of America or the cities of the world. It is a city that God is building that's going to last forever. He goes on. God will appoint salvation and walls or four walls and boardwalks. These songs are going to be songs of the salvation of our God. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps the truth may enter, and you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. So God is going to do things in this hour to get us ready to be a part of the greatest move that the nation has ever known. So I want to review that really quick. Number one, this is the Lord's day. It's not the ultimate day of the Lord yet. 
And if it is, forgive me. If it turns out to be the day of the Lord, God will forgive me. You know, but, and I'm not putting it off. The scripture says, woe unto those that put off the day of the Lord. But I just felt like this is the Lord's day. It's the Lord's hour to shine, even though he may call us aside for a moment. Secondly, this is the day of his justice. You know, the governments of the world have not been able to bring down the Leviathans. Maybe God is rising up in this moment, and the justice of God is going to be served all across the earth, especially in the United States of America. Wouldn't it be amazing? If God said, I rebuke you, Leviathan, I'm coming to bat for the nations of the earth, and you're coming down. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? We'll watch and see what happens. And then third, this is the day of the promise to his people. God is not only a God that's given great and exceeding precious promises to his people. He's the one that will fulfill them. And then this is the day God is calling his people, or the earth, the nations, to come unto him. This is the day of the preparation for the harvest. But you can be saved, and we're going to pray that prayer even today. And it's a day of preparation, a day of new propelling, a day of new anointing, because God has our attention now, and he's going to speak to us, and it's going to be amazing. And then it's the day, regardless of what's happening, that men think are happening, it's the day that God's going to give his people a new song and a new testimony of the greatness of our God in this hour. So I want to pray. Pray that God will help this make sense. This is an amazing scripture. I want you to know, unless God shows you things, you can't come up with this kind of stuff on your own. You can read the Bible all you want. The Bible, you read the Bible, but you ask for that revelation, that rhema that comes. And I believe that God is speaking to his church right now. Chapter 26, verse 20, come, my people, enter your chambers, shut your doors behind you, hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment. But it's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story in any means. Father, I thank you for your goodness. And God, I thank you that you've already done things that we could not have imagined. You've brought down many of the gods of the world. And Lord, we know that there are bigger principalities and powers and we just agree with you if what you said to Joshua actually you said it to Satan you said the Lord rebuke you and you called Jerusalem as a city plucked out of the fire and we thank you God that we're going to see in this hour America will be like a brand plucked out of the fire the nations of the earth will be those nations that call upon you And they too will be among those plucked out of the fire. God, we ask you to do something in this hour that will demonstrate that there's no God like our God. Lord, thank you that you rule and reign over all. Men are not in charge. You give them some leeway, just as you did in Job's life. But ultimately, you were the God that ruled over all. And so, God, we pray, arise and scatter your enemies in this hour. And we will see the indignation of the Lord. But we thank you that we've not been called to wrath, but to obtain salvation. And I thank you for the promises of God.
I thank you we are inheriting a strong city not made of stone and roads and buildings all of that is nice but I thank you that our city the city of God is an enduring city a continuing city and our kingdom is an enduring kingdom Lord I pray you'd encourage the people you would strengthen them today Lord thank you for the promise of peace that you will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. And in this moment of time, this is a scripture we're going to see that's going to be fulfilled like we've never known before. Now, God, I pray for many people, those that are watching, maybe they just tuned in this moment. And they're asking, they're looking for answers. They're looking for hope. They're fearful, but I thank you, God, that you have a word to them and that they don't have to live in fear, that you have an answer. And God, I pray right now for the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I pray for the drawing power of heaven. Lord, you said no man can come to me unless the Father draws them. And I ask now for the drawing of the Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit And I pray that many would call upon you. I thank you. This is the hour that says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. They and even, Lord, their households. We're going to see household salvation in this hour because we'll be gathered with our household. And we thank you. Thank you. We get to live in this moment. We're a called and a chosen generation. You've entrusted to us this moment in history. Thank you. And I just want to lead you in a prayer right now. If you want to know Jesus, because this is the hour. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But with the heart, you know, you believe with the mouth, confession. You have to turn from sin. You repent. What does that mean? It means... God, I give my life to you. Forgive me of all my sins. Sin is where I disobeyed you. In any way, we've all sinned. You say, I'm turning from my own way and my trusting in my own self to save me. I'm trusting in you. I'm not trusting in anyone but the shed blood of Jesus. You died for me on the cross. I believe that. I received that. And I ask you to come into my life. So just pray something like this. You got to mean it. But I'm telling you, This is going to be a harvest like we've never known, and you are the one that God has chosen for himself. Just say, Dear God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus, that he died and he rose from the dead, and he lives. I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, I turn from my sin, and I turn my life over to you. By faith, I receive you into my heart. I acknowledge you as my Lord. I thank you for the promise that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I receive by faith the gift of salvation right now. I thank you I'll never be the same. I receive all that you are. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with power 
to live for you and to do your will in this great hour in history. Thank you that you will be faithful and I'll see your faithfulness. So thank you for salvation. Hallelujah. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're just coming back to God, you know, there are many people that have grown lukewarm in our nation, and other they've allowed other idols and gods to take first place. Just dethrone them. Say, God, I for, ask you to forgive me that I had other gods. I let things enter my life that demanded my attention. But now I, I turn and I turn to you and I ask you to forgive me. It says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you ask him. I also pray God will fill afresh all of you with the Spirit. I pray for those right now that are sick. We're going to see miracles in this hour. So Lord, I pray for the power of Jesus. I ask that Jesus walk in to the rooms of America, the rooms in Italy and Spain and France and Germany and England, India, God, all the, the nations. I asked Jesus, just like you did, my, my grandmother told me that story, how she was on her deathbed. And she, she was in her room and everything was black. And she thought she was going to die and she said, someone walked in the door and he was full of light. I'll never forget hearing this story as a little boy. Someone walked in the room and he was bright and he stood by the at the end of her bed and he reached out his hand and my grandmother told me that then she fell asleep and then she woke up healed. She was healed. Jesus walked into her hospital room. Thank you for bringing that back to my memory after all these years. So I ask you, Lord, you be the light of the world. You're the light of the world. He that follows you shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. And I ask you to walk into the rooms right now, hospital rooms. God, people have run out of respirators, all these things. These things are too big for us, but they're not too big for you. I ask you to walk into the rooms, and I ask you to touch people and raise them up, bring healing. And God, those that are on the verge of death, God, let the gospel somehow be made known to them. Speak to their spirit. God, convince them. Even in that last moment, we snatch them as brands out of the fire. For a great harvest of souls that would put their trust in Jesus. Thank you, God, that you'll use what's evil into great good. Because this is what you do. Because you're a good God. Encourage the people that are in this congregation. Lord, if, if, if things happen, we go into lockdown, whatever. We thank you that we have a refuge and a strength. Hallelujah. Make yourself known. Thank you, Lord.